0: Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Guru Show. I am Kieran. i I'm your host, and I am again joined by my co-host Hater After uh, a pretty dismal week for most fantasy um, owners last week, It's it was crazy. But again, new weekend, uh, more drama in relation to COVID that we have to get through. But again, it's back to the drawing board for many fantasy owners this week. How are you doing Hater?
1: Oh, good, mate. Always enjoy doing this show with you. We've decided we fixed our scheduling this week, so we're doing this on a Thursday late 10.30, and obviously this will be out tomorrow morning early. So these Friday kickoffs are killing us, but there isn't a Friday kickoff really, is there? Because no Villa versus Newcastle because of COVID. But, mate, I am good. I had a bad week this week, but I got about the average, so I think everyone had a bad week. Um, but you remember, and I look at my team and I thought, look, it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So I'm okay with that because I've had two really good weeks, you know, in the '90s. Um, but yeah, looking at it now, I've got a few dilemmas. Um, you know, perhaps how do I bring Marcello back in? What do I do with Grealish? I've got an idea for Grealish. Uh, and I think we'll talk about this man in light blue a little bit later. But uh, yeah, mate, always a pleasure. Unfortunately, United lost. Hopefully, they'll win <laughs> on the weekend.
0: Yeah it's it was a crazy week last week in, in fantasy you look at it and it was the second lowest scoring this this year and honestly I didn't think anything was going to beat game week three when there was 43 points and it came pretty close w- with the average of 44. I think I probably kept myself lucky that I got into the 50s from, from last week because really it it was one of those that unless you had one of the kind of top performing players last week, you were going to struggle. I know a lot of teams got way below seeing people in my league getting the 20s, which was ridiculous. And just to kind of show you on that is a lot of the big-name players got very low points. You look at Harry Kane, who, again, is kind of one of those sexy picks along with Son. He only got two points. Son got three Calvert Lewin, who again, a lot of people thought was going to be a really good option, because look, the matchup you would have expected it only got two. Um, that was a great again, game, Kieran.
1: That was like thirty-five shots. That was one of the best nil. Well, it was one-nil, but nil. Uh, you know, sort of low-scoring games i have yeah. seen in a while. But how, I mean, how the captain, hell that ended up? You, you capped triple didn't you?
0: <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. look, I every time I end up picking the captain, they do all right, and they don't do phenomenal so i'm like i'll just do the triple captain to get it over the way because i never pick it right anyway so it doesn't really matter um but yes that kind of that was annoying but look it was one of those where you look back in the game you don't know how it wasn't more goals it was it was kind of ridiculous but to kind of go back on how crazy of a week it was is when you actually look at the striking position only three strikers in fantasy football got above five points Now, think about that. The top scorer was Edinson Cavani, who doesn't even start every game for Man United. Yeah. The only regular starter that got over five points in fantasy was Wilson for Newcastle. And he's not playing this week because postponed. And the other player that got above five points was also another Newcastle player in Joe Linton. So it's one of those that I think it's kind of... Just that odd week where players weren't really hitting that top form. You had a couple of midfielders that had excellent weeks. But really, other than the Newcastle game and the City game, even though there was some high-scoring high teams, it didn't really translate to that in fantasy terms. And that's always a big issue when it's the kind of smaller players that there's not a lot of people that have them in fantasy that are the ones that tend to score. That's where a big issue comes in. So I think that's where a lot of people went wrong. But I guess one of the main stories as well is probably City last week. We mentioned it on the podcast last week. As, was this going to be the week that they were going to start to show up? And they did. They scored a, a lot of a lot of goals. They looked like the City of old. Um, I know earlier in the season you had Mares in your team. Did that hurt a little bit? Oh, mate. That really hurt. I've had Mares in my team since the restart.
1: So, beginning of the season, I thought he's got to come into my team. It was between him and Foden. I wasn't, um, look, I wasn't expecting City to smash Burnley. I know the last, what, four or five results have been between three, four, and five nil each game. City have absolutely demolished Burnley. And when Burnley play everyone else, it's a struggle. But for some reason against Man City, it just seemed to grip. Uh, mara has got 21 points, top scorer this week. I mean, some beautifully taken goals. I'm, I'm a fan of him. I really like him as a player in general, but I was just holding off to see whether I brought Jota in instead, um, which he still scored and he still gave a return, but obviously not as much as Mara's. But even De Bruyne, two assists. So he's got himself back in, I guess, a little bit of form. And you've got to look at who they're playing next week, or this week, should I say. And they're playing Fulham. Um, so that could be again a very high scoring one, I think. And you look at Mendy as well; fourteen points, he got a goal. And uh, Walker was also in the sort of the team of the week as well. I believe got about nine points. So yeah, I think you can probably say it's time to bring City in. And remember, Mora's also got rested for this this Champions League game this week, so I expect him to play. Yeah, I would I would definitely be considering some City players this week for sure. I think you'd be crazy not to against Fulham at home.
0: Yeah, I think the the one thing that people are always wary of with City is Pep Guardiola and how much he switches his side. It can be infuriating for some fancy owners from early on in the year with Phil Foden. And then I think in the past five or six games, he's played, I think, a maximum of about 100 or so minutes. So that's kind of one of the annoying things. You saw the same thing with Ferran Torres. He has played... Certain games and then gets pulled. We saw. Look, when the likes of Aguero and Jesus aren't fully fit, you can almost guarantee that Mares and Sterling should be playing. He's. It's just an interesting one. Like we talk about Cancelo, but then against a team like Fulham, do they go with Mendy instead? So it's well, one of the things. Those...
1: I brought in Cancelo this week um after the discussion, and. I'm just so annoyed because he didn't even play. But he would have he would have got a clean sheet and he probably could have offered something. But the question is, yeah, you're right. Is Mendy going to play now? I have no idea. I think the one that's the most safe is probably Walker. But again, guys, we got to look at the midweek games. Who played in the Champions League games for City? And that's the same for all the big sides that have played midweek because if they've played midweek and they've also played last weekend, there's a big chance they're going to get rotated
0: Yeah, especially now with City. Look, you can kind of tell with the Champions League because they were through already. So they they were going to rest players for the Premier League. So uh, when you look at some of the teams that still need to qualify, so you look at the likes of United, they probably still still have quite a lot to do on the Tuesday. So that one's going to be a tricky one. Um, But again, this kind of pushes towards starting to look at some of the early news because, look, just as a caveat, everybody needs to look out and see what the coaches will say during the press conferences tomorrow. Because there'll be a lot of um there will be a lot of updates because the problem is because of the European football, like we've had the Europa League tonight where there's been a couple of doubts. So we've seen Harry Kane hasn't played for Spurs, but Mourinho said that he's probably fit for Arsenal. But you know, where it, let's say if he wasn't fit, Mourinho's not going to say he's not going to play because he wants Arsenal thinking he's going to play. You have the likes of United, with Rashford re that shoulder. Can't see him playing this weekend if if that's the case. Uh, you might want to keep him for Leipzig anyway if he can possibly play. If it's not too bad. You have other players as well. Um, But I guess the biggest story going into this week is the fact that we get that extra bit of time to set our teams because there's no game on friday because there's been a lot of positive tests around newcastle and that's a big issue for the premier league because while we've seen players been put on the kind of injury list for covid we haven't had any kind of postponements of games even since lockdown and it's the first one and it's a bit worrying as we go into that christmas period where look it's it's only natural that players and us, all that we kind of let our guard down a little bit when it comes into christmas time and with so many games kind of happening, like we said, this probably I haven't even looked at the Christmas period, but usually teams are playing about three games in about four or five days. Now, if one team starts getting some of these kind of tests back, you then have issues where you're gonna see more of this happening. So I think the biggest the biggest news obviously in terms of fantasy is with Newcastle and Villa. Villa have been one of the kind of main targets for a lot of people. A lot of people like yourself and myself I have Jack Grealish. A lot of people have Martinez in goal, I have him in goal, and there's a lot of other people do as well. You also have players with Ross Barkley and Ollie Watkins, who have been good kind of steel players um, this season. And then also you have Callum Wilson for Newcastle. So it's a big, it was big news when it came out that this game was postponed and really it's going to be difficult for fantasy owners to kind of get over that because there's only so much you can do if you have two or three of those players
1: yeah jack grealish has been phenomenal absolutely phenomenal i've had him pretty much i think since the beginning or when because villa played they've got a game in hand as well i believe so he's been absolutely phenomenal again he saved me last week this week he got 10 points got the goal and i believe he got three yeah. bonus points it's been an absolute phenomenal form yeah, it's a it's a big big loss and he's also very reasonably priced now when you want to make those changes, are you going to think maybe James? But i would be steering clear of Everton for the moment, so I wouldn't touch him. Could you, if you've got a little bit of money in the bank, could you go and get Amarez, Which I think is probably what I will be doing, especially who they're playing at. They're playing Fulham on the weekend. Or do you go and get a Jota? Or do you, if you have a bit more money, you can try and fit Salah back in? Because that's all the, the conundrum, really. So, yeah, I think that's a massive game. In years gone by, people wouldn't have had that many Villa players, would they? um but a lot of people do you've got to think of means as well as another player that people have i wouldn't be touching uh, uh sorry villa's defense because they keep on conceding a hat full of goals but yeah i mean look it's the deadline still tomorrow is isn't it they're not going to change no it it's they've changed the deadline oh, changed Saturday it now. At
0: eleven. yeah
1: perfect okay so so that's massive for everyone they, like you said they've got a bit of time to to change it i mean Looking at those injuries again, Raul Jiménez obviously really, yeah. really, really pray and hope that he has a speedy recovery. He's one of my favourite shots. Stri- you know this. All summer I've been yeah. saying, United's just sign him. I absolutely love him.
0: If he was You've playing seen the for United, way. we would have scored two or three goals yesterday. <laughs>
1: <laughs> absolutely. Mate, if he was playing for United, I mean, you just look at what a difference a proper number nine makes to uh, this United side. I mean, you're looking at Cavani now. Cavani came off, so I wouldn't be surprised if Cavani played on the weekend. So that's another thing as well. Looking at the strikers, I mean, I believe Kavine's about eight and a half or seven and a half. One of the two. Sorry, guys. I haven't haven't had a chance to have a look. But yeah, Jimenez being out as huge as well for Wolves because Wolves are struggling to score goals. So do you bring in some of their midfield? Pedence and Neto are two really good options. Neto got 13 points. So that's, you looking at the injuries, you've got to link them to some of the other players to see if it has an impact. We don't know much about Fabio Silva yet. Um, but I think Alisson's a pretty big one as well, mate. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a couple of weeks, two or three weeks out. <laughs> Liverpool had, didn't have injuries for two years, and now they've got about six or seven. Look, it's uh, it's a tough one. I think there aren't as many injuries this week, which I think is easier for us. But um, yeah, definitely ones to watch out for. I'd be looking out at what United do, because I think going away from home as well, they, we usually look a little bit stronger. Without Rashford you're probably going to see Martial shifted out to the wing. Um, and then I would I would probably think you'd see Cavani or someone like that. So that's something to consider for United because I think Bruno as well looks a little bit better when Cavani plays.
0: Yeah, I agree because he has that kind of focal point to give the ball to. I think the Jimenez one is a really interesting one because for some reason it, it just wasn't clicking with Wolves. And you, you saw it with when jota was gone but then it was it was really strange it was really when jimenez was gone you were actually seeing pedence and Neto actually be those more flair players that you were seeing it in spurts but you pretty much saw for the whole game against arsenal who look a lot of people slag off arsenal but defensively they're good side yeah they're excellent and they didn't look good against wolves wolves made them look silly at times and Look, Neto is one of those that I think you're going to have to look out for because if he continues playing well, he's fairly cheap. I think he's in the 5 million range. And to get 13 points, it's look, he's he's a good option if if somebody needs a, a quick, cheap option this week because, again, they have a decent enough matchup, which we'll talk about a little bit later in the show. Um, but, again, I, it, it's hard to say that without Raul and that Wolves are better, Um but we'll see how they get on because they're still adjusting to life. I think without Dardy and without Jota, and I think well, when you look at um, Neto as well, though, it's actually impressive.
1: Three goals, three assists so far yeah. this season. Fifty-six points. Um, you know, he's sitting an average sort of form of seven. He's actually been their best player. You're yeah. right, Hamez. It was looking it was looking strange. on Jimenez. I think that his head's been turned. Personally, i mean, stepping away from fantasy football. He was looking with United and Juventus. I think they're going to get rid of him soon. They've signed Fabio Silva as one of the best young players. So, uh, yeah, they might look a little bit more fluid, dare I say. I don't want to say anything too bad because I think it's a horrible injury and it could be a career ending one. But I'd be really thinking about Pudence or uh, or Neto because for that value, (laughs) he's got 56 points. That's incredible.
0: Yeah, look, I see Wolves. as I know it's it's a really easy comparison, but I do see them as the same kind of structure as you see with Porto, where Porto's team changes every couple of years because they bring in players and they sell them for profit. And they've done that with Jota. They'll do it with Jimenez. If Podence or Neto have great seasons for the next two or three years, they'll do it with them and bring in the next player from Porto or Benfica because it's just the way it, it works. And look, it's helped them establish themselves within the Premier League and it's nice to have more of those bigger teams um I think the biggest disappointment of that team recently even though he had a good game against Arsenal as Adama Traore because last season looked excellent and then and you actually thought that he might be an option for some of the bigger sides but he's really been an afterthought this year where You do look at Podenza and Neto, especially in terms of fantasy as well. And I think they've been kind of the class players within that team. And like I said, I think if you're going to put in any of those players, Neto, as you mentioned, his form has been very good. He's a very viable option. He's pretty cheap. So if there's any Wolves player, I think I'd probably lean towards them. Um, The other thing I wanted to talk about is because we mentioned it once or twice over the last couple of weeks was the idea about the two Tottenham stars in, in Son and Kane. And we've always mentioned that are they? you just have to play them in every game. And it made me think, because after both of them had a poor game last week, to kind of go back into the points and see how they got on. And it was actually really interesting. Son's been pretty, pretty consistent. There's been a couple of weeks where he's gotten two or three points, but he tends to follow that up with about a 12 or 13 point the next week. But Harry Kane's a little different. So when you actually look at it, since week five, because after the United game and after the West Ham game where both Son and Kane scored a ton of points, Kane has actually struggled. So since week five, he's got five points, six points, nine points, four points, and two points. For the amount of money that you're spending, and everybody thinks that Kane's been this amazing player, but when you actually look at it compared to some of the other players that maybe not to that kind of price range, but have actually outperformed Kane, you then have to look at it. Well, have the actual stats in the games kind of replicated that? And you actually look at it. He scored two goals and two assists since week five. So that's half half of the time. So most of his production actually came within the first couple of weeks. And then it's no coincidence that you actually look at it this week. And I think Harry Kane's in the top five of kind of players dropped now i think a reason for that is probably people seeing very low scores this week and they need to try and build a kind of more rounded team and with harry kane not kind of scoring free flowing and not getting loads of assists like he was early in the season it might be a time to start thinking about one of those tottenham players because look they've arsenal this week and i wouldn't be getting rid of harry kane because he tends to do really well against Arsenal. You look, you look at what Wolves did last week. If Spurs can kind of replicate even a little bit of that, they should have a couple of goals. But you look after that and the games don't, aren't very easy for Spurs. So I think at some point you're going to see where you probably have to risk one of them if you have both of them on your team. Because again, I think Son is probably more valuable because he's still in the 9 million. And that's pretty reasonable when you look at the likes of KDB and the 10s. you have Mane who's more who hasn't really produced recently but I think it's one of those where I think over the next few weeks you might have to see how Kane does if he continues not scoring, not assisting over the next few weeks I think it might be one that you consider as Spurs go further into the Europa League because look, for me once they get into the knockouts that's when you're going to see Kane and Son pretty much play the whole game in the Europa League and you'll see their Premier League form diminish a little bit
1: very interesting. I didn't realize those were his points. I mean, you said what was it, six, nine, four, two, five, six, nine, oh, yeah. four, two. It's not that impressive. But then I looked at uh, Kane's price today. For me, he's about 10.9. Mm-hmm. That's still cheap. He's not up there with the sellers of the world, which really surprises you. So, how do I see it? Well, look, they've got um, Arsenal this weekend. Now that can go two ways, they can score a lot of goals or it's going to be a, a drab game because, like we saw against nice Chelsea. Chelsea. Yeah. Um, I think then after that, they've got Palace, who are struggling. Let's put it that way. And then they've got Liverpool. I think Liverpool game perfect for them. They're going to do what they did against City. And Liverpool have got a lot of injuries. I honestly think, although, yes, you're looking at the points, I, just still, I would still keep both of them. In my mind, I'm not taking either one out. I completely see your point of view. Uh, and the numbers don't lie really but i just feel like you regret it and then i'm looking at the other strikers who are similar now i've already got calvert lewin so he's scoring the biggest problem this season honestly mate is that the ones you expect to score in the big teams the Martials of the world cavani scored a few cavani's one to look out for i think yeah uh, the price he's at he's one to look out for greenwood is also a striker this year so that's the problem united's forwards haven't started firing um arsenals haven't started firing either obviously Aubameyang's now a midfielder that's completely changed the game by the way so Aubameyang's not even an option at 11 million when you can get son for 9.9.5 or whatever it is so yeah i think what people are doing is that spurs spurs for me are the team to beat still i know liverpool have been good a lot of injuries but spurs are the team to beat and i just can't look past them so yeah, it's been a bit disappointing. This is where you got to pick your captain really carefully now. So I think Bruno is is killing it at the moment. I think um, Grealish was an option as well. You can look at De Bruyne. These sort of players. I wouldn't be captaining the Spurs players because we know what Jose does in the big games. He reverts to type. But you can easily see what well, I can easily see. This is my opinion. When they go to and play Liverpool, they could surprise a lot of people just because Liverpool one will have most possession, and two Spurs are devastating on the counter, and Liverpool don't have Van Dyke, and they don't have Gomez. So it's very, very interesting. I'd be keeping both. I mean, would you be keeping both?
0: Yeah, I think for right now, I would. Where I look at it is, I think against Arsenal, you always see Spurs play really well against Arsenal. So I think you'd be, those people, because I was looking up the statistics earlier, there's, like I said, Kane's one of the highest drop players, and I think that's it crazy for a game against Arsenal because he tends to score against them every time so I'd be keeping I'm completely agree with you with the Liverpool game because look Liverpool now Alisson's probably out he they might try and force him back for that game because they might need him but then you look at it Van Dijk's out Gomez is out Trent could be out for that game as well we don't know really what's going to go on with Robertson he's going to play this weekend because he continued the game But look, he has to play Kieran
1: (laughs) or anyone else. They got Simakis or whatever the new guy, but he has to play. And that's
0: the problem. It's like (laughs) if he's struggling and then he gets injured, they have nothing left there. And that's that's a that's a big issue, I think. Um, But yeah, I think that kind of brings us on to some of the other points of some of the other players brought in was kevin de bruyne do you think this is the kind of start for his run with i know city should have a couple of fairly handy fixtures over kind of the next couple of weeks
1: yeah i think it's now time to consider de bruyne i would say it's a difficult one because look mo salah for me when you talk about players that are essentials i've been saying it or luxury essentials. Salah is one of them. Now I'm trying to struggle how to get him back in. Now they're playing Wolves and we don't know how that one's going to play at all. Good winning. You never know. Liverpool's injury problems are dire. But they've got a top manager with a top system and he'll find a way because that's what Sir Alex used to do. I'm not saying Klopp's as good as Sir Alex but Klopp's the best manager in the world right now. So, God, I'm a United fan I'm saying this. Awful. Um, But no, look, Kevin De Bruyne, as you said, 10 points against Burnley. Mares another one. Mares is much more um, uh, cheaper, I'd say, obviously, better value. But you're looking at midfielders. Bruno's just putting out numbers consistently. Yeah. But he's not playing well, Kieran. He's not playing well at
0: all. That's a bit scary. The fact that he's yeah. put out 17 against everything you had. Eleven against West Brom and ten against Southampton, and really he played well against Everton. The other two games he wasn't good in, and yeah. he's still getting double-digit And then yeah.
1: against Southampton, yeah, he he wasn't particularly good. He had a better second half, and Cavani came on again, the the focal point, which is very important. But um yeah, he has he hasn't really been that impressive, and that that is that's the thing, isn't it? Imagine if he was, as we said um off air, if he was in a team well just think about how he is in portugal and he's just an even better player a uh, more rounded player maybe he doesn't get any many goals as an assist but we're talking about fantasy here but yeah i think the midfielders now are where you're gonna have to pack the quality. that's why i keep kane i've got how and blank last week but he will score goals um there's no doubt about it richarlison's back he's another option actually richarlison he doesn't score as much but when i'm looking at it and i'm looking at the midfielders the top scoring midfielders are Son on eighty-seven, Bruno second seventy-four, Salah seventy-three, Grealish seventy-one. Out of the top four, I've got three of them. I did have four of them, and that's why I'm doing quite well. Um, and the next one's Ward Prowse, but it's quite a big jump from Grealish on seventy-one and Ward Prowse to fifty-six, uh, and then Zaha, who's on fifty-four. Bowen Neto's up there. Neto's got more points than Mane, um, and more than Mez. Oh, and Mara is right at the bottom there, making up the sort of the top ten. So. When you're looking at that, the strategy is you've got to have two of those four. So you've yeah. got to have two of Bruno, K- KDB, Grealish, and Salah. So, well, this week it's a bit easier. Grealish isn't there. So you've got to have a couple of them against the matchups. When I'm looking at both United's and um, City's fixtures, I would say both of them are, are good fixtures. So you've got to have a City midfielder in there, whoever it is. and you And I think you've got to have Bruno.
0: Yeah, it's and it's an interesting one because you look you, when you just list those kind of four top. Even when you look there for Liverpool, is even though Salah had he got a lot of points early on, but then you look at Jota, who's been he's been phenomenal. I think to get nine or ten goals so early on in the season, and really he looks like the player that on the Liverpool team they can't afford to drop because he's just been that good. And look, Salah's gonna score. He bait, he scored last week, but it was offside. I think that's that's the other killer. I I can't I can't even think of the amount of points I've lost from VAR decisions for Patrick Bamford. Like literally, it seems like every week the kid puts it in the back of the that's net true. and it's offside by a toe.
1: Yeah, yeah, or his arm was like this. He's pointing where to put the ball. But um, on Jota, you know, he's got uh, the same amount of goals in his first fourteenth nine, I think it was, or ten, as uh, Salah did when he came. And he is That's more... incredible. Or oh, not he, he has, a, he, has
0: a, he has the same, but I think it's in like something That's like hundred less minutes or something like that yeah. than Salah. Yeah yeah he's come off the and obviously uh, bench and obviously Salah
1: started most of the games. It's a, it's phenomenal mate. He's definitely a, a start starter for me now and he's uh, added different dive- to their deck. They're playing four yeah. four forwards now obviously with Firmino as well. So yeah, I, would, I mean, Mane, Mane you were waiting for him to burst into life as well. But again, he's he's valued at 12 million. It's very expensive. I've always thought, you know, well, you could go for either one because at the end of the year, they're both going to have similar points to total. But you've got to be very clever because you've got big players that are in form as well, and you've got to look at the matchup. So that's why when I look at it, Liverpool could Liverpool could either smash Wolves or it's going to be a very tough game. You just don't know with that one. So Jota is a good, safe option to have. Um, and then it would allow you then to have De Bruyne and Bruno in that midfield or Mares and Bruno because then you, you're you covering the three well you're covering Liverpool, United and City but you've got an option to captain Mares or KEB or Bruno that's the way I'd, I'd be looking at it I don't know if you agree with that
0: Yeah I do agree I think Jota is kind of like that cheat code this year where there's always one player that is his price just doesn't, doesn't reflect what the production actually is the other one like we've, we've mentioned a couple of times today with Neto. if, if you've netto and and you've jota in there you basically can get three of those top four players then and put them into your midfield if you want to risk some whether it's in the defense or kind of one of the strikers because all of them are very likely to get points. Neto even more now that there's not really that focal point in Jimenez where he's going to be kind of the main target for to kind of score goals. Now it's it's going to be Neto and Podence. So it is a really interesting one, and it kind of it moves us on to when we start looking at the games. Now normally we would have been talking about the Friday game between Newcastle and um Villa so we've already kind of touched on it but the two big points that I wanted to bring up um both are on the Villa side so Jack Grealish gonna be out that's a big issue because personally even when you don't look at a fantasy he's probably been one of the players of the season he's been that good um what do what do you think fantasy owners should actually do because he's he's very decently priced and actually he's been outperforming how much he is um do you think it's one of those where you have to keep him on the bench and just you take the hit this week and knowing that he's going to be playing next week it's not like he has COVID or that he's injured it's just the fact that Newcastle had a lot of tests that went that were positive and game can't go ahead he's for me I have him on the team and I'm just going to keep him on the bench because I don't want to have to chop and change and Lose four or eight points trying to bring them back into the side. Do you agree with that logic, or would you be subbing them out this week and then just subbing them back in next week?
1: It's a really, really tough one. <clears throat> I really, well, while we were doing that, while we're doing this, and obviously at the beginning, thinking about the players, I'm thinking, right, Morris, Morris in, Grealish out. So I've just looked at the fixtures, they've got Wolves, and then they've got Burnley. Now, something about Villas and not Keeping any clean sheets, they're conceding goals, but they're scoring. So, look, this is a really tough one. It really depends who else you've got in your midfield. Like like you've mentioned there, you had a of Jota and Neto, you could do it easily. If I'm looking at my midfield, I'm just going to quickly have a look at it. I've got about 2.1 million in the bank. Um, and I've got a midfield of Jota, Son, Bruno, Ziek, and Grealish. So, it's packed with absolute quality um so it really depends i mean look i really don't know i think i'm going to be leaning towards bringing mares in that's how i'm feeling right now we'll see how i'm feeling just before match day um i think with mares against fulham or any city player against fulham you've got to think about it this way okay maybe you might cost a minus four points him back in but if you captain him mares and he goes and does the same thing again what's that in comparison to two, a couple of goals um, and, you know, if Pep rotates him. I'm gonna find Pep and I'm gonna, I'm gonna honestly because that that is something that's destroyed me over the last few years. But, um, yeah, it, it honestly depends how much money you got on in the bank. I've got 2.1 million, and you better get your captain right because that minus four points could really hit you later on.
0: Yeah, Pep always worries me, and City worry me that it seems like when you are gonna put in a player that's got the points that Maris got is does it go through your head is it a week too late that has he got those points and he doesn't get them for the next couple weeks and maybe sterling's the one that gets all the points or if aguero's back does he do it the biggest problem with no we haven't spoken about sterling at all no because he hasn't done anything really he had a, a couple of good games at the start of the season i know he played well against leeds he was he probably should have scored two or three in that game but other than that, he hasn't really done anything for City. And it's really surprising because if you look at each of the last kind of three to four seasons, he's been one of the best and one of the most productive wingers, both in fantasy, early on in the season because he has he has died down towards the end of each of the last couple of seasons. Um, but this year, it's it's really weird. I think it was like everybody was waiting for City to just explode and they did against Burnley. But when you ask, if you would ask someone who you would really expect to be the player to come out and score two or three goals, you would have expected to be Sterling because he's the one that gets behind on those. This week against Fulham, I was impressed with how they played against um, Leicester. But again, I, I don't really expect them to be able to keep that up. And that's, that's a big problem. I think really the only player there to look at is Luckman, which again, we'll go through this because I'm really after the first game on the Saturday, we'll look back on this City one if there's any other players to think of. We've spoken about City quite a lot, so I think we've mentioned most of the players that people would consider bringing in. The first game, though, on the Saturday, and this was really interesting, is Burnley and Everton because obviously Burnley had that terrible um, result against Man City, but otherwise they've been pretty stable this year. Everton had that really hot start, but they've looked very poor the last couple of weeks. It's even gotten to the point where I think so, some people are going to start to think of: Do is it time to take Calvert Lewin out of the team? Now, I think he's only blanked on two weeks in the yeah, season, two weeks. so yeah, I think, that was my. Yeah, so I think he's one that you still have to keep because, look, he's not going to be one. I think that's going to kind of go off and get the 15, 16, 17 points. But he gets you consistent points for the majority of the season. Look, every single player in fantasy is going to give you a blank in a particular week. It's the way it happens. It's the way fantasy points are done. If fantasy points were awarded for more things that were done on the pitch, you would see more consistent stats for players. But because most of it is really assists and goals and that's really all it is for kind of the midfielders and the strikers these games are tight so you're never going to get those top players and that's what you see in teams like Man City where there's so many that you can't just rely on one player because at the end of the day one week KDB is the one that's going to get all the points and next week it'll be Sterling the next week it'll be Mares, and that's the issue it's the same thing with Liverpool what we were thinking at the start of the season one week Salah, next week Mane. Now it just looks like Jota has been pretty consistent there, but again, that's going to change. Salah, and Mane are going to be going to have weeks where they get all the points, and you're just going to have to take the hit. And that's that's the issue. And for me, I find it difficult to believe in many of the Everton players, especially with Dina out, because he was that creative spark. I don't see it from the rest. I don't think James has played particularly well. He's, again, I don't think he's gotten into double digits since maybe week three, maybe week four. I can't remember what week it was, but it was early on in the season. And really, I, I can't think. I don't think you can trust Alexa Richarlison either. Really, I think on that, for Everton, Calvert-Lewin's really the only option there. And look, injuries form, and they have a tough run of results coming up where tough fixtures. So if you're kind of looking to fit in one of the top players, whether it's going to be at the striker position moving forward, you might have to look at Calvert-Lewin if they're not creating enough chances. And if Everton don't create enough chance against Burnley, well, then I think that's when you probably have to start thinking if Calvert-Lewin is kind of your long-term option at striker.
1: I was literally just about to say, and I completely agree with you, that no Luka Dino is massive. Massive for Everton. So you got to think about it. The creativity in that side earlier in the season, Dina, and it was Hammers. Hammers has gone off the boil a little bit. Understandable. New league is getting close to winter time. Something he struggled at Bayern Munich was also during the winter, so you might see that as well. Richarlison, like he can, he can, he's got an eye for goal. He can pick out a pass. But the thing about Richarlison is that he's not as creative. So they've lost probably the most creative player. I mean, Luka Dina has been the best fullback for me in apart from trent up there with trent second uh in terms of out attacking output as a fullback in fantasy football and also on the eye as well if you're just talking about general football terms i think luca dina has been the best left back since he's came to the premier league so and the most consistent so absolutely without him i think cavalier Lewin's stock is a little bit lower it's interesting how about how much of a threat are burning going to be the problem with everton's they're conceding a lot of goals um a crazy amount of goals, you know, two, or three goals a game. So I know Carlos is very unhappy about that. I'd be keeping Lewin for the moment because I think, like you said, he's blanked in two game weeks out of a possible ten. I mean, that's that's consistency. That's consistent. <laughs> Not what Martial did last season. This is consistency. Um, so yeah, I'd be keeping him in Burnley. I mean, I've got Nick Pope. Is he going to come back? I don't know. He's seventy-five percent likely to play, so most likely he will be. Um, so I, I feel like it's going to be a low-scoring game. Uh, Burnley, Burnley are a funny one. They'll be fine this year. They'll, they'll survive, but they're, uh, yeah, they're, they're not really hit their groove yet.
0: Yeah, and then, look, the next two games, we've spoken about the kind of bigger teams in them in terms of City. I think we mentioned pretty much all the players there, both defensively and in the attacking. Again, the only player for Fulham that's even worth anything to go for is probably Adam Ola Luckman. Because he's been he's been excellent for them. Every time I see I see him on the ball, he's trying to kind of get past two, three, four, or five players, and he's able to do it. Um, other than that, is there anybody else in that game that you think that you need to look out for? Is it pretty much everyone we've mentioned thus far? It'd be interesting, like we said earlier,
1: Cancelo or Mendy. Not too sure what's going to happen there. I've got Cancelo, so I need to make a big decision. But I think Carl Walker is the only one which is nailed on in that back line. Ruben Diaz has been very, very solid. i have been impressed with what I've seen from him. He's got a little bit of a goal threat, but he's a, he's guaranteed, I suppose, in that back line to play usually. Anyway, I say that because Laporte got dropped completely, didn't he? And got rested. Um, but apart from that, no, I would say, um, yeah, I would just say it's just going to be a City victory. I just think it's going to be they're going to have too much firepower, and Fulham like to play a bit, and City will just pick that off.
0: Yeah. And then we move on to kind of the one of the later games on Saturday, which is the United West Ham. Again, we've mentioned quite a lot of the players for for United. We mentioned Bruno as kind of one of the key players, one of the top scorers in midfield. We've said the likes of Rashford is probably out for the game if if that shoulder injury is bad. Martial's been really inconsistent, and then there's been kind of Cavani to be bringing on. But really, there's not much else. And it's kind of been the same old story for United. Really the only player you can trust is Bruno in terms of a fantasy perspective. But I guess the other thing that I wanted to kind of focus in on this game is with West Ham, I think you have the likes of Jared Bowen, who's played well in, in terms of fantasy in in recent weeks. Is there anybody else in that West Ham team that you could really see get a decent amount of points this week against United?
1: Chilwell is someone I always consider. Oh, sorry, Cresswell Cresswell I'm just I'm just looking at something that's uh, surprised me is that you know how many points he has got 47 points he's sitting in the top top five defenders Um, you know and he's he's got three assists and United what I worry about is Antonio if I'm being honest with you as well if he plays I'm not sure if he's played West Ham are good on the break they're good on the counter and United don't have pace so Yeah, Cresswell would be the only one really I'd be thinking about. In terms of United as well, I think you might see Paul Pogba get a game. I wouldn't put him in your team, but I think that does change the dynamic a little bit. Maybe there'll be more creativity for United. Uh, Another one would be as well, van der Beek. I think he could come back into the side as well. So you might see more creativity from United. So, yeah, I think, look, from a fantasy football perspective, it's Bruno. Like you said, Bowen as well. He's been in great form. Um this one could be a tough one for United, mate. Really could be. I'm I'm not 100 percent confident, but for me, I think Bruno will affect the game in some way as he usually does. He's got double digit returns in the what the last three games. So he's probably the most informed player in the game, I would say. So yeah, I would be looking at Bo and then probably Bruno. And then if you want to bring in defender in Cresswell. and you might even think about Telez as well, because uh you know he's he's played well.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think Moving on to kind of the look that there's there's two games that there's not too much to kind of look at in terms of the West Brom and Palace. Zaha's out with that game. There's not there's not really much else. You might want to bring in Johnstone, who's been playing pretty well. He got 11 points last week if you're losing Martinez. And then the Sheffield United and Leicester, both teams have been pretty poor the last couple of weeks. So those are two games I'm staying away from. But the three that I want to focus on, is one of the games on the Saturday, which probably the most interesting one is the Chelsea and Leeds game because you expect attacking football when you see Leeds, but recently with Chelsea you're expecting kind of just shore up defence, don't concede, and it makes sense. We think of Leeds as this attacking and real open, expansive team, but they've only scored three goals in the last four games, and you look at Chelsea and they've gotten four clean sheets in the past five. So that's one that is interesting to me. It's hard to know what's going to happen there. But then obviously there's the two big games on the Sunday. So you have the North London derby between Arsenal and Spurs. We've mentioned some of those already with Son and Kane. And then the other one that's interesting, which again, we've kind of mentioned just in some of our other topics with Liverpool and Wolves, that one could be the game that you're focusing on to get points because Liverpool have decimated defensively. Wolves haven't looked that great defensively this season because they keep they're switching formation quite a lot. Um you look at the likes of and we've mentioned it a couple of times, it seems like Neto is a is a great option when you're seeing that they're gonna be coming up against um Liverpool this week with look, even though he played Reasonably well against Ajax. I'm not, and look, I'm Irish and I'm not a big fan of Liverpool's goalkeeper. So, look, I think How do in, you say the, his it's his like, first name. I think it's like Queeveen or, Cue- or something like that. Because yes. it, it's actually quite, we don't hear it that much. It's more like there's a girl's name that's very similar, which is Quiva. So, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it sounds it sounds kind yeah. of similar, but yeah, look, he's he's fine, but like he does make mistakes. So I think he'll he'll play because he's better with the ball of his feet than Adrian is, and Adrian's made a lot of mistakes this year anyway. If Robertson's not one hundred percent, he has to play. Look, that game is going to be open, so I think there's going to be goals in that game. Look, Liverpool will score. Problem is, we've we've seen it with Liverpool they've been really open in the Premier League. Even when Gomez and Van Dijk were there, they were still really open because there was that big gap from midfield to the defence. That's not going away. Look, I don't know how Ajax didn't score in in that game. They had so many chances. So, look, I think that's one to really focus on. I think the Arsenal and Spurs and then the Chelsea and Leeds could be great games, or they could be those where you're expecting loads of goals but really they could both end nil nil and that's the problem
1: it's funny isn't it? chelsea we consider didn't have a good defense mendy's been sensational you gotta admit it since he's come in looking at the top scorers of the defense or the defenders out of the whole game is zuma chillwell and james reese james it's quite a turnaround isn't it and i think you mad Earlier in the season, you're saying oh, I'm definitely. I used to have Reese James. I had him in for the first few games. Obviously, that's right. We all know Reese James's qualities going forward. He's one of the most productive going forward. But so is Chilwell. Chilwell's a fantastic addition. So, looking at it, will Leeds change the way they play? Definitely not. Leeds will do what Leeds do. They'll play, play Bielsa ball. They'll be aggressive. They'll be on the front foot. I think that could play into Chelsea's hand, you know. I really mm-hmm. think it. Now, Chelsea Q2, I expect Tammy Abraham to score and I'll tell you uh, sorry, start and I'll tell you why it's because he didn't play midweek he's got four goals against Sevilla which I found out today which is absolutely mental Um, what a player, really, really good pleasure, he's wasted on the bench he he deserves to play week in, week out, he's fantastic, I really, really like him I'd take him in United, he can hold the ball up Um, <laughs> you know, he can bring others in the game he's one of the best at it, one of the best target mans but looking at Chelsea If they're playing on the counter, they could be devastating. You think about Werner and Ziek. it could be absolutely devastating. So how will it end? Look, I expect goals in the Leeds versus Chelsea game. The reason why Everton and Leeds was 1-0 is because both keepers had absolute world, didn't they? So I expect Leeds to try and score. The problem is they're not scoring, are they? And that's the thing. So that game, I expect goals. Have I got any Chelsea players? I've got two. I've got Ziek and I've got Chilwell. I'm going to keep them in. I haven't got any Leeds players. Um, Bamford, I did have, but I've, I've stocked up, as you know, in my midfield. So then you're going on to the Arsenal Spurs game now. Very much could end nil nil. I think Spurs fans will be very disappointed, and I think that would be a crack in their support for Jose Mourinho. I'll tell you why because they were complaining last week about the Chelsea game. Now Chelsea are in better form and they're a better side. If they go and do the same to Arsenal, then I think they will be unhappy fans. We know as United fans we have Jose Mourinho, but what I will say is that. It depends how Arsenal set up if Arsenal are going to play a, a low block and, and sit deep it will be on it will be nil nil if they give spurs the onus to have more possession it and then it will be nil nil because i think arsenal are you saw against united the biggest problem is that i think both sides will do that i think spurs will have more of the ball and if spurs have more of the ball i think it'll be nil nil if arsenal come at spurs spurs will pick them off so that's how you mm-hmm. see it i'm gonna keep both my spurs players in but I'm not confident there's goals in that game.
0: Yeah, neither am I. I'm, I'm really worried after that because, look, Arsenal are a decent defensive team, and for them to lose the way they did against Wolves, I think it'll probably hurt their pride a little bit, and they, I don't think they can afford to drop many more points over the next couple of weeks. This just seems like it's one of those games that Arsenal, not playing well, need some points, and... Get that kind of scrappy win that doesn't help anybody in fantasy, and that's probably the that's the biggest issue. It's those those two games are they're ones that everybody hopes as a neutral fan that there's lots of goals and it's really exciting. But I just yeah, have problem, this feeling. I just have this feeling that it's they're both probably one nil or nil nil games. Again, the problem with kind self, of,
1: though is that they like. City, you knew that City were going to have the ball. City don- won't change for anyone. And even Liverpool, you know Liverpool aren't going to sit back. So then you think, okay, Spurs on the break, on the counter, they're devastating. But a side that's going to give them the ball... Okay, so United play Spurs soon, right? Mm-hmm. We, will, we will allow them to have the ball because we know what they can do on the counter. But teams that are good as City and as Liverpool will be like, no, we're going to play our game. Arsenal, like Arteta has to be smart and play for the point. I know that sounds crazy, but and hope for a penalty like he did against United. It's Do a similar thing. Go. Yeah. Yeah, because if they start attacking, Spurs are going to pick them off.
0: Yeah, look, that's that's the problem. You look at it, and the problem why they scored so many goals early on as teams wanted to attack Spurs, because they saw the way they ended the last the last season in the lockdown, and you could get at Spurs pretty easily. But then this year, they've been able to change that a little bit. Look they've had a couple players play a lot better this year. You look at Bele, who's been brilliant for them. You look at Son and Kane, who've kind of raised their levels. But then you have to look at the last few weeks, and Mourinho has kind of reverted some of his tactics to being that more kind of solid and more defensive to make sure that they're not conceding. And in turn, we've seen less goals and less chances being created. Look, I know it was 3 all tonight against Lask, but again, you look at that and... What was that score when United just played them a couple of months ago? It was a big score. So yeah, it's five. it's it's one of those. And I was looking at it, and it's not like it was a weak Spurs team. Like Son played up front. You had Gareth Bale, Lucas Mora. Like it was pretty much a full team apart from Harry Kane. I know Deli Ali played, and I'm not, I don't think Endon Bale did, but it was a pretty strong Spurs team. So it'd be very interesting to see how they're able to manage that to then have to play at the weekend. Because, look, Arsenal had a pretty straightforward um, game today. So both teams are on the same amount of rest because Bob played tonight. And, again, should be an interesting game. It usually is in those North London derbies. So to kind of finish off, um, I just thought one of the questions that was very interesting was, look, we're in December now. It's different this year because january we always get the next wild card so it's only a couple weeks away so i guess with a lot of players being so inconsistent now and with covid and things that are going on do you think it's time for fancy players for these next couple weeks to be aggressive and bring in players kind of maybe sacrifice the four points on a weekly basis to try and see what players do because look i'm pretty sure in those first couple weeks in january people will be trying to use that wildcard and really at that point you need to know what team you really want to bring in because look right now you know certain players but you can't fit it all in so it might be it might be good over the next couple weeks to kind of test it out or do you think stick with what you have make your free transfer every week and just see how it goes and just monitor the situation for certain players
1: I would definitely be monitor- monitoring the situation because you just don't know what's going on. This two game a week till mid-January, it's killing us. Remember, we've already had two games and we've got one more coming up this week, next week. So for me, yeah, you just got to do it on a game-by-game basis. Honestly, it's-, it's never been this difficult, but also it's never been this easy because there's so many good options to have out there. There's a lot of goals going in. What I would say is that if you haven't used your wild card, you should probably use it now, in my opinion. Because I've used mine. I used one like week four or something like that. If you haven't used it, use it now. It's a good time. Yeah, if you need to make those changes, if you need to get KDB and you need to get Bruno in, if you need to get Target Sala back in, if you need to do that, that's what I'd be doing. I, I've s- said this all all since the beginning of the season, but you need to have two keepers. You need to be rotating them. So I've been doing it. has been an absolute goal. That seven points or so from a goalkeeper each week is huge. It all, it all tots up. You know, over five weeks—that's what, like, thirty-five points, which is which is massive. So, what I, yeah, what I would say is, just keep on tinkering. My view this year has always been the long, long-term approach. I'm not like, I, I'm used to be very reactionary. I'm like, all right, I'm going to make three changes this week, and I'll have like minus eight, minus eight points, or even more, or minus four, minus four, and it all tots up. So, yeah, what I would do is, if you haven't got done your wild card, definitely be looking to do it now because it's going to be some busy Christmas period. But if you have used it already, like myself, just keep on one a week, really, um, and just basically get your captain correct. It's so much easier said than done, but get that right. That's what's saving people. I mean, our triple captain came, didn't I? And he, he ended up scoring against uh, West Brom, and that's pretty good because most most people mess up
0: their like, triple captains, like you. <laughs> yeah, I know. You nearly messed it up there. I think you scored in like the 90th minute there. So that yeah, was. Yeah. I remember. Yeah, it was like, I remember that day. Bittersweet because I
1: tweeted about it and I said yes. Uh, I was like, oh no, ken hasn't scored, but it's good because because Swaz will win and they won. And I was like ch- obviously not cheering, but I was like, oh, okay, well, you
0: know, it worked out in some ways. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, well, look, it's let's hope anyway this week that there's a bit higher scoring in fantasy. Let's hope there's more than three strikers that get more than five points. And kind of resume kind of the average into the 50s or sit so even if it can kind of push up closer to the 60 mark for, for players, it would kind of help going towards into December because last week was dismal. Um, just for everyone, remember to like, subscribe, even share the podcast with any of your friends, make sure that you listen you can either watch watch us and our beautiful faces on YouTube or if you don't want to see our ugly mugs, you can then just listen to it on Spotify and anywhere you get kind of your podcasts. Um, so thanks for joining me this week, Hater, And uh, we'll see you guys next week. My
1: pleasure, Kieran. Guys, good luck and we will see you next time.